Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there. It's Tuesday and it's Transformation for Success Day. So I want to welcome you to the Transformation for Success radio talk show. And I want to give a big shout out to my local, national and international listeners. I'm so excited that you've tuned into the show today. I have in the studio, Mr. John Teresi, a man with a unique transformational adventure that led to a bestseller novel. John is a second generation Italian whose spiritual awakening led him on a quest to experience many power places in Europe, along with meeting many, many fascinating people, including Princess Diana and other extraordinary experiences that influenced his life. John is perhaps one of the most fascinating human beings that I have yet to meet, and I'm certain you're going to enjoy hearing about his incredible journey today, and moreover, a teaser about his lyrical, inspirational fantasy award-winning novel that is high in social commentary, Portals in Time, The Quest for an Unold Age. So stay tuned as you're not going to want to miss this show, or you can download it later and listen to his incredible story and a bit about his latest novel. So please join me in welcoming my guest in the studio today, Mr. John Teresi. Hello, John. Hello, Dr. Barbara. Thank you for having me today. I'm honored to be on your show. Well, listen, John, I am honored to have you and just thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. And so for my listeners, I want to remind you that Transformation for Success Radio Talk Show is syndicated. We're on the Empowerment and Women's channels on Tuesdays and Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I want to ask you if you have questions or comments today, I welcome you to call in live at one 346 9141 and you can ask questions of John, or you can ask questions of me, and you can text me at 714-794-9747. You can even Skype me at Dr. Period Barbara Young. So you can call, you can text, or you can Skype. So again, John, I am so excited to have you. You've had such a remarkable journey and amazing experiences. So I want you to tell the listeners how this all began for you. Well, Barbara, I was born in Los Angeles uh, mm-hmm. to, as an only child to okay. uh, second-generation uh, Italian parents in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, mm-hmm. California. Um, as an only child, I did have a lot of free time to <laughs> use my imagination and discover mm-hmm. uh, my own inner thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a unique experience long before uh, the Internet and all our machinery and interfacing that we do today. Mm -hmm. So during that period of time, I was very uh, inquisitive as a child Mm -hmm. and uh, asked my mother to have me explore beyond my neighborhood, and uh, that's where it began, really. Great. So you were an explorer at an early age. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
at uh, eleven at eleven years of age, I asked for a passport actually, <laughs> oh my so goodness. that I could go and ex- explore the world. Oh my God! You even knew then that you had that vision of that you'd be traveling. You know, I know that you yes. began writing uh, at the age of ten. My goodness, uh, did your teachers and other students, uh, or fellow students, think of you as a trial prodigy? Well, I didn't. <laughs> it's just something that came natural to me. It was uh, a natural impulse mm-hmm. uh, to put words onto paper, to write inspiring, interesting stories, perhaps that had a twist, and the mm-hmm. teacher found that uh, she thought it would be so entertaining that I would read uh, some of these stories to a large group in the auditorium Mm -hmm. at the age of 10, and I didn't know why, but I just did it. Wow. Did these things just come to you? They just come to your imagination, or you would just dream about them, or you just sort of, these thoughts would come uh, that led you to do your writings? You know, I think to a certain extent there are dreamers. I think I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, there is an unseen force that perhaps contacts us mm-hmm. if we are sensitive enough to hear it, and perhaps those thoughts get transferred down to words on paper. But, you know, it's, it's, it's true that you weren't afraid of it, that you embraced it uh, rather than being fearful about it. That's what I find fascinating and interesting. Because mo- I think maybe a lot of people are dreamers, but they are a little afraid of the experience and will not write it down or even, you know, give into it. So I, I want to applaud you for that because you have done so many interesting things and so many things to help people. Tell me what happened uh, in your early 20s and you were walking in a forest. Well... I could say that that perhaps was a major turning point for me spiritually. Uh I prefer to call it a moment suspended in time. I had Uh moved to the Monterey Peninsula in my late 20s, and I was totally um, besotted uh, about the forest and nature, the meeting of land and sea. And I began doing impressionist paintings of the forest. I Uh would take photos of trees in the forest, totally concentrating on the meeting of the branches uh, in, the, in uh-huh. the atmosphere, in the air, and capturing the various color tones of the, uh-huh. of the branches themselves. But during one of those walks, I had found that I had lost my favorite jacket, and I tried to find it over and over again for several years. Oh, and my goodness. I was still thinking about how I could find it, how I could... <laughs> chase it down, but I I never could. And then one day I said out loud, two years after the fact, if there Mm -hmm. is a God, let him find my jacket today. Wow. uh, That event unfolded uh, when one early morning I went into the forest and I was taking pictures, enjoying the beauty of the trees. Uh-huh. I noticed that it seemed to be getting dark earlier than I had normally uh, experienced. Uh-huh. I, I began looking around and realized that because of the shadows and shifting uh, light that I was lost. Um, I still uh, took a deep breath to get my bearings. 
I stood still, very quiet. Uh-huh. But all of a sudden, I realized that there was an unusual presence seeming to move towards me uh, from every direction. Wow. There was a feeling, actually, of someone coming to meet me from all directions, getting closer and closer. I actually yelled out, who are you? Um, but there was no answer. Uh-huh. So I held my breath, and that sensation continued and moved closer through the forest until a, a deep sensation of warmth and unconditional love surrounded and embraced me, virtually engulfing my entire being, holding me um, in a warm embrace. I felt at peace if I had come home, uh-huh. or rather home had come to me. And <laughs> it, was a, it was a unique experience. I was being I bet. like my father would hold me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a father I had always known. And then that loving presence began to slowly move away in the same manner that it had approached me. Okay. And the shock of, of that experience from that encounter made me take a step backward, and I stumbled over a fallen log. I fell down into a bed of leaves, but fortunately there was something else there that broke my fall. And as I put down my hand to rise to my feet, I saw a glimpse of blue. And that glimpse of blue was my lost jacket. Oh, my goodness. That I had lost two years ago. Two years ago. Oh, my goodness. And there is your jacket. Was it in good repair? It was... (laughs) In two years. It was almost exactly as I had left it. Oh, my goodness. I never, I couldn't understand how that jacket had gotten to that part of the forest because I had never been there before. That is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that you um, said, so, <laughs> you said you spoke soon after that, that. There uh-huh. was a, go ahead. No, I was thinking, no, I was just making a point. You spoke it, you know, the power of words, because we'll talk about that later, how you use words. But you use your own power by speaking the words about finding your jacket today. If there is a God, I'll find my jacket. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I just had to make that point. (laughs) I did it. I did it. I did it not as a commandment, but kind of as a jest, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. it had been so long. Mm -hmm. Um, But. I did find the jacket. It was in excellent condition for having been through all the rain and storms for two years. And uh, I gratefully picked it up and held it to my chest. And as I did so, I noticed a light flickering in the distance because by then it was completely dark. Um, Evidently, in this area where I had found myself, where I had never been before, Uh I saw up on a road high above me, a car had parked, and they had turned on their lights. I just simply followed the lights, and I was led out of the forest. Wow. I was no longer lost, and I had my jacket. And I had felt like I had been in the presence of someone I had always known. Uh-huh. And that moment has lived in my heart for over 40 years. That and, is uh, remarkable. That I'm so glad 
for you to share that. Now, because I've heard your story before, this the second time around, because uh, when I first met you, I was so intrigued, um, and to hear your fascinating stories, why I wanted you on the show, more importantly, to talk about this wonderful book that you wrote. But this just, re I think, just reinforces that there is a power beyond us. There is a creator. There is a higher being. Definitely. I mean, and so it is so inspiring, John, for you to share that moment uh, in time in the forest. Being, I mean, sort of lost and now I'm found. I can relate. I definitely well, can relate. <laughs> well, I happen to have the opportunity to read through some of your book and um, I know what you mean by that. That that <laughs> presence is there to guide us yes. it was that feeling of infinite love surrounding me you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually filled me with wonder and that feeling is still there and even in the most difficult of situations it doesn't matter how difficult I always go back and I know that that is real and all this world that we live in some call Maya as illusion mm-hmm. uh, cannot replace that feeling and space of love that I have been able to experience. And from that, I have moved into having the willpower and mm-hmm. the opportunity to write my book, Portals in Time. Now, John, from that experience, you went on a journey to all these power places, and I do know that from talking with you, and you've met so many fascinating people in your journey. Uh, and and when we talked earlier, you had talked about you had even met Princess Diana at a charity event. And you know, there's always been so much said about her, her laughter, her life. Uh, and you said it was the high. You met her at a charity event. Can you just sort of just share a little bit about that? That is that was so heartwarming to hear you talk about her. <laughs> well, Princess Diana, that process of meeting her. Uh, really began uh, Mm -hmm. through trust and intuition. Um, It was a, it was like a scene that had already been written that was about to unfold. It was Mm -hmm. like um, I was meant to, to meet with her. Although our conversation was brief, it Mm -hmm. was very powerful and strong. Wow. Uh, Never in my life had, had I thought that I would have a chance to meet a princess, uh, especially one as popular uh-huh. and as important as Diana was to the world. Uh-huh. But I believe it was synchronicity and timing because uh-huh. I met a gentleman on a plane. Uh, he was several aisles up above me. He was reading the International Tribune. And uh, that unseen voice that travels with me, that provokes and uh, prods me from time to time, said, get up, John, and talk to this man. He's reading an English paper. He's English. Perhaps you should meet him. And from that moment um, of meeting this individual, uh, he was a major contact in my life. And when the plane landed in in London, and we couldn't, I couldn't find a, a hotel room because for some reason everything was filled. He offered uh-huh. to let me stay in his brother's his brother's flat. And considered me a soul brother. Uh, we were happened to find out our birthdays were one day apart. Oh my goodness! On February the sixteenth, 
Yeah, fellow Aquarian, one day apart. And through him, I met several others who seemed to virtually embrace me as part of their soul family. I didn't have to explain who I was, what I was, what I was doing. Uh It's sort of like they just adopted me. And from that moment forward, these events unfolded. Well, I mean, I think that's so great, and I want to applaud you for sharing that, too, because we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to share more of the experiences. But basically, listeners, stay tuned, because we've got a lot more coming to hear from Mr. John Teresi. So thank you. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my discussion today with Mr. John Teresi, a man with a unique transformational adventure that led to his bestseller novel. So, John, we were just discussing before we went on break how you listened to an inner voice. You met this man from England who then invited you, because you couldn't find a place to a hotel, invited you to be in his brother's flat. And from that point, you became a part of the soul family, so to speak. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely correct. And so that's what absolutely happens... Correct. And uh-huh. I so met what happens so many, I met so many interesting people, I, I, loving people, caring uh-huh. people, uh, people who embraced me uh, without any questions as to my background, but just seemed to know that I was there for them, part of them. I think that is marvelous. So all of that led you to meet all these fascinating and interesting people, 
and go to some of these very, very um, various places that you went. Would you say that meeting Diana and meeting this uh, group of people was one of the most memorable experiences in your life? Well, you know, when I met Diana, I was very impressed by her intensity and her motivation. Uh-huh. Her, her desire to help was real. Uh-huh. Uh, she had several charities. It was at one charity event of, um, that I met her. Uh-huh. Um, something about the, the way that she looked at me with those big blue eyes and asked me about my life and, and what we do in California for, you know, the various, uh, helping the various charities such as uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, eating disorders and, and drug addiction and things like that. That was very helpful to to me uh-huh. to be able to have a conversation about that with her because she was very real, very. Real. That's that's wonderful. That's good. And from all reports, it sounds like that's how she was, and that's how she raised her children. So that I mean, that is marvelous, John. You also, you know, when uh, yeah, mm-hmm. go, go ahead, ahead. Dr. Barbara. No, you were going to continue about Diana. So I'm sorry to me, Dora. Uh huh. Well. I can I can honestly say that uh, um, when she passed away, I was I was still in Europe at that time, uh-huh. and uh, it was a shock to all the Spanish. I happened to be staying in Spain at that time, but uh, the Spanish were in tears, <laughs> and the Spanish well, don't normally get along with the English, but they were all in tears. Uh. So it was, it was a loss for us all. She was that real and that genuine. And I um, feel very honored that I had the opportunity to share some thoughts with her. Well, I'm feeling very nostalgic and feeling very honored that I, that I had a chance to meet someone like you, John, because you are such a special person. You also stated that um, when we shared that you had many travels that influenced a lot of passages in your latest book. And I want to want to talk about, first of all, where did you get the idea for this book, Portals in Time, The Quest for an Un-Age, an Un-Old Age? Where did you get the idea for this? Right. Well, you know, I, I, I was born and raised in, in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And I never really felt at home in in the city in that environment, and going uh, living to uh, moving to the Monterey Peninsula, um, it was such a change. And the idea that we have become estranged from nature uh-huh. uh, led me to more or less correlate a story of what we are moving away from and what we really are moving to. Um, oh, okay. As a society, mm-hmm. but you know, the quest for an old age is an allegorical adventure. You know, mm-hmm. and it's based upon in the book an advanced culture in which the human element has been deemed irrelevant by the edict <laughs> that we must bow to the greater good, and the greater good was um, artificial intelligence and the high command that would dominate our lives. So that's part of the reason I started to write it. Uh-huh. Um, but High Command believed that uh, we were all guilty and we were all under surveillance for some crimes that 
we hadn't committed but might commit in the future, mm-hmm. and that we were being regulated by laws and implemented by these laws which change daily. So we, in the book, the grips who live in that society, were all considered guilty of something until proven unguilty because they thought that everyone was guilty of something. So they had removed themselves from nature and they began to age prematurely. And more or less, they sent these grips, uh, the 10 grips who were the main protagonists, uh, were prisoners of having been found guilty to volunteer to go into time travel to find a solution to an old age, to find out why they were aging. So, but the whole process was the fact that they were totally unaware of what they had become. They had lost their joy and wonder. They had no humor and laughter, and they began to age more and more as the restrictions continued to penetrate their lives. You know, do you... (laughs) that's the basic idea of it. Mm-hmm. Did, did you possibly... They had lost all their positive reinforcing words, so mm-hmm. they, had, they had gone definitely into the mind and into the computer, basically. They lost their heart. Did you or do you see a parallel between what you wrote about and what you see happening today? Well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's, a tough question worrisome. for me to be asking you, <laughs> but uh, it's, there's uh, so much in that a, book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, well, the idea is that you know these these grips who were conditioned by their society mm-hmm. end up landing in another dimension, and this other dimension is called Akronos, uh, a land without time. Actually, it's the seventh level, another Uh concept of heaven, where nature and animals are all intelligence. They share that intelligence, and the grips land there. All the, the lessons to realize the solution to an old age are there for them. They... They go through these various adventures, but they don't learn. And the reason they don't learn is because their minds have been conditioned to grip on, grab on, and grind on uh, (laughs) as they chant. Because that that is their way. Yeah. And uh, they're unable to embrace the evidence uh, around them. And their thoughts create their reality. So that shift never really occurs to them except towards the end of the book when they begin to unravel and realize that something has changed, um, that information has been given to them that perhaps they don't understand. And the journey is long, but the, the journey is worthy because in the end they have been changed even though they do not perhaps know it. They have been changed. What was your inspiration for the characters in this book? Were they based on people that you know, or were they acquaintances? 
Um, I think we've all been in contact with most of these characters. I mean, um, there's the military man, uh, there's the businessman, there is uh, the politician, the publicist, um, the engineer, the doctor, the um, the psychologist, an archaeologist, a biologist, and these are the team members that are sent off to work with any advanced civilization they might find and talk to that civilization, but they never find it. All they find is the seventh level where heaven is waiting for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those characters came from real life, real people, and um, they sort of evolved onto, on their own. Um, they wrote themselves into the storyline. Oh, my goodness. I mean, there there are no really no real words to describe this book because I am reading it and there there's I don't know how to describe it other than it's probably one of the most fascinating books I have read. And one of the things I think that it's 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 different. Uh it it's very creative. Uh, it's mysterious. But see, for me, I've always loved fantasy books and time travel books and adventure. This really mm-hmm. should be a movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably think it will get picked up for a movie because I think so many people today are looking for something that's humorous, that's inspirational, yet in adventurous. Because look at how the Marvel movies are just taking off. Uh, all, uh, But all have some redemption factor to them. So, yes, yes. Uh, and and that's well, what I, I think the principal the principal theme that runs through portals in time is mm-hmm. that we all all of us are travelers through time, all each and every one of us, and well, we want to make always... the most of our lives. Right. We you know, we uh, uh, you know we try to be empowered by what we know and what we experience, but if we lose our sensitivity and our awareness of our core values as human beings, uh, I fear we may be transforming ourselves into something that's more compatible with the machine culture than with each other. And uh, that's the whole concept uh, uh, of what the grips had become and what they were hoping to find a solution from. But it, it was in their heart because that's the, the solution they were searching for. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was <laughs> always the, there. It was, but don't you think that the solution we're always that as human beings that we're searching for the solution is always there. It's just that we don't recognize it, and we're not unless we're in tune with a higher power and begin to recognize that we are time travelers. And the and the thing that I, I you know and I, I John you know you and I could talk about this a lot because we're both on the same wavelength about how time, you know, people talk about time. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. But I think it is time. Welcome to the crossroads of time. You have all these lyrical passages uh, in your book. <laughs> I love it. I love yes, it. We're you know? always on the crossroads of time. <laughs> <laughs> all of us are always on the crossroads of time, every moment in time. And it's right. up to us to connect with our hearts. You know, that's the one of the key lessons that I've learned. Um is that we are a heart and a mind 
But recently, scientists have discovered that our heart also is like a mind in that it has neurons and neurites that feel and can transmit information. It's connecting to us, and it's trying to communicate with our mind. That's the dialogue that we need to work with to find a coherence and a compatibility between the brain and our mind. And, mm-hmm. But our, our heart is, more, is connected more, obviously, with all that is. And uh, that heart of ours has been measured uh, by uh, uh, machinery and equipment. Um, uh, the Institute of Heart Math, as in mathematics, uh-huh. has measured the fact that the heart is a very powerful magnetic field that, that can reach out and connect with all that is and other beings. And it's real. It's, it's not a mystery. It's real. It is real. And I, I love it when you say uh, being spontaneous is the only way you can catch the real you in time. <laughs> <laughs> you like that. Yeah. I like that because time is yeah. the beat under your feet. <laughs> and so we can, we can explore how living in time requires spontaneity. And so, have people lost their spontaneity, from your point of view, John? Because living in time Uh, requires spontaneity. It requires spontaneity. And that spontaneity leads to synchronicity. And synchronicity is finding that moment in time when you reach across the aisle of an airplane and you go and meet somebody, a stranger, who you've never known, who has been waiting to be your friend, perhaps, for many years. So, yes, we've lost our spontaneity because our mind interjects too many walls, too many barriers, uh, too many justifications as to mm-hmm. why we should, shouldn't or should not do such and so. Well, there, there is a line in your book that I, I, I love when we talk about the crossword of time. And the question is, and, I, and I'm, I'm posing this because I hope the listeners are, are hearing this as well. Would you prefer to go back into your past, remain in the present, or progress <laughs> into your future? Because the choice right. is always yours. I love that. Yes. Uh, yes. Because, and that's why I like your time is, we. Mm-hmm. Well, because they, the, the protagonists in the group refuse to choose. Uh-huh. And they, they refuse to choose because they believe it is a trap. And so, who is, who is that that believes it is a trap but our mental mind? You know, our mental only- mind is a wonderful tool. Uh-huh. It, it seeks to, to guide us and keep us out of trouble. Uh, it keeps to understand our environment and interpret it for us. Uh, but it is not connected to all that is. And no, it's not. All that is has more information than you and I can possibly comprehend. It can John, mean life and death in, in many occasions. You really uh, well. And it yields well, its co- uh-huh. communication through our intuition. And if we are not spontaneous to act upon that intuition, then guess what? We're stuck. Yeah. So well, you would have you would have been important. stuck on that plane. 
not to interrupt you, John, but when you talk about intuition, you heard that inner voice, which was a part of your intuition. You would have been stuck on that plane and not meeting that gentleman had you not gotten up and <clears throat> had action behind it, simply put. <laughs> and so we're going to come back, uh, but I want to pose this question uh, before we go on break. Uh, this book, uh, John, is a rather large book. Uh, <clears throat> it has about 402 pages in the book, and I'm still reading it. <laughs> um, the print is, you know, not that large, so it's, but it is so fascinating, and you have to digest it. You can't just zip through it. You have to read and sort of internalize no. it and think about it. So yes. I want to come back and after break, and we're going to talk about how did you stay motivated and inspired to write this book. So listeners, we're going to be right back after a quick break. So stay tuned for my show today with Mr. John Teresi. Thank you for listening. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Uh, to my discussion today with Mr. John Teresi, a man who's had a unique transformational adventure that led to his bestseller novel, Portals in Time, The Quest for an Unold Age. And I am just having a wonderful time because this book is like, it's just a magical journey through time. And John, uh, before we went on break, one of the things I said, I'm still reading it, it's about 402 pages. How did you stay motivated and inspired to write this book? Well, you know, I've been asked that question before. Um, <laughs> I had a conversation with a, a friend even last night. They asked me that question. Um, where do the ideas come from? Um, you know, it seems to, once you start with uh-huh. the concept of moving into a seventh level where nature is intelligent, where nature communicates with you. And I truly believe if we are quiet enough uh-huh. in this world, at this level, nature does communicate with us. I felt 
that the forest was communicating with me. When I asked God to deliver my jacket, I feel uh-huh. that the forest served as an amplifier for my thoughts and my my heartfelt emotions and created that unique interface between me and that higher power. But the book, getting back to how you stay inspired, I think it was inspiring to create that new world. As Mm -hmm. I explained in the cover, cut line, it's an unknown world, but it's a world close to our heart. It's a world that all of us know if we allow ourselves to feel it. So the motivation was to write down all of that feeling, basically, that was there in that space that I went to. And the characters evolved on their own. They basically wrote themselves into the story. I was going to say, they got various skills and backgrounds. What was your favorite character to write for? You know, I I sort of (laughs) align myself with several of them, but um, I love Grubb, the biologist. Because um, he he gets lost, he falls into the under-earth where he meets these strange animals, and he becomes very fearful of them um, because they are enormous and large, but they are loving and kind, uh, even though they look fearful. And they are the keepers of the under-earth, and in this under-earth, they are the ones that care for all the plants and the seeds and the regeneration of many of the plants above land. Mm -hmm. And so they create these special herbs and special teas and things. And, but Grip Grub is frightened and he doesn't want that special tea, even though that special tea very much might have some of the ingredients of an old age. And he struggles with himself. But in the end, he decides to run because in the grip manual for survival, war survival, they say when Mm all Mm -hmm. else is doubtful, always try to escape. So he does. He tries to escape and he runs into the sphere of fear at the end of this uh, cave. And the sphere of fear is this incredible energy force that divides all of his personalities and projects them around himself for him to physically see and interface Mm -hmm. all his fearful aspects of his life. And so Grip Grub is very important. But Grip Grub, at the end of the book, is there because he opens his heart after encountering the sphere of fear. He opens his heart, and his heart takes him to the final destination, the top of the mountain, a a barrier between one dimension and another. And there he encounters these three immense crystals and he sees energy within those crystals. And by meditating upon it and opening his heart, he's able to have that energy move from one crystal into another. And as they do, that energy, those balls of energy going from one crystal to another rings like a bell and continues to ring and echo throughout the valley. The grips that 
thought that he was lost don't know he's ringing those bells. He arrives, they arrive uh-huh. to find him ringing those bells. And I won't give it any more information about that, but um, he's a very powerful player, and he's one of my favorite characters. Well, I at, just want to thank you for sharing and about this book because it is so inspirational and I want in the last few minutes we have this show for you to just cite the seven harmonies that uh, you mentioned in your book Um, we won't have time to expound on every one of them but at least you can tell the listeners the seven harmonies okay well the seven harmonies the seven harmonies are revealed in in a series of adventures Mm -hmm. Um, inner tone is of course our energy pattern that reflects our own unique vibrational frequency. It represents our true nature, our character, and our manner of being. We all have a unique inner tone. Just as there's no two fingerprints alike, each of us have a inner tone which is unique to us. So that's how we must, that's an inner tone we must contact to know how we can relate to the world. That's John, can we can one. we just do two, the headings? Two John, is, John, can I'm sorry to interrupt. Can yes, we just do the headings? Because we're going to run out of time, and I want you to be able to give us at least the titles of all of the seven harmonies, because we are going to run out of time. Yes. Okay? So, harmony oh, two. Okay. So, well, rhythm and rhyme is the second harmony, mm-hmm. and that's your inner tempo, and mm-hmm. it helps you to relate to people and events and activities. Number three is intuition and trust, extraordinarily important. The instinctive uh-huh. feeling which protects us and enhances our life experience. Number four is knowing your heart, perhaps the most expe- the most important, means right. that you are in closer contact with the ultimate power of creation. And number five is joy and wonder. Uh-huh. Six is humor and laughter. And seven, perhaps the second most important, is forgiving and letting go by forgetting and letting go of our past negative experiences, we can begin a more renewed life of harmony, joy, and peace. So the seven harmonies are really the principal keys that move and develop the story. And I think that's so wonderful, and I'm sorry I had to rush you, but I really wanted the listeners to hear your seven harmonies at the end of the book. Uh, and John, I, I just can't thank you enough for being on the show today, because as again, you are one of the most fascinating human beings I've met. And I tell you, <laughs> it uh, truly, I mean, because when we met, we talked, listeners, when I met this man, we talked for almost four and a half hours, almost five hours. And so I just want to, <laughs> I just want to thank you. And I just want to do something, a quote from your book today, and close the show with this quote. Know the real you is waiting somewhere deep inside for your heart to escape from the fear you always hide. Remembering the reasons you continued on and tried. There's still time. Time enough to shine. Your future is in you. Fate has long been waiting there for your courage to grow stronger, thus allowing you to care, to open your mind and heart for the wisdom you can share. There's still time, time enough to shine. After all, 
opening your heart and loving each moment might be the only way anyone ever experiences time standing still. John Teresi. So, John, I can't thank you enough for sharing about your books. So, just the last word that you have is what is the principal theme that runs through Portals in Time? Portals in Time is basically uh, an adventure into your own being. Getting to know who you are through these adventures, but most importantly, knowing your heart. And I honestly believe that when you know your heart, all else will be added on to you because that is your connection with all that is. And uh, it's been my experience. So I wanted to share it um, in, in the way I could possibly do. And I, as you explained to me earlier, I felt compelled to write this book. Well, I'm glad that you did. And those listeners, you can get this book at High Castle, that's H-I-G-H-C-A-S-T-L-E, publishing at gmail.com. Again, that's High Castle Publishing at gmail.com. I recommend you get this book, Portals in Time, because truly it's a magical journey through time. It's so inspiring. It's entertaining. There's nothing, I tell you, there's nothing that I don't like about this novel, and I have to say that. It is so interesting. I haven't finished it yet, but I tell you, it is one I will finish. And thank you so much, John, for being on the show today and sharing your remarkable story. Now, I want to, in the last few minutes that we have, I want you to talk about what I think of the seven harmonies that's so important that you said, and that's the forgiving and letting go. Can you just share a little bit about that from a personal experience in the last three minutes? Uh, certainly. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of people that feel there's been a delay in getting on with their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been sidetracked and derailed, and they've lost a lot of years. Um, I went through a tragedy when I lost my father, mm-hmm. and I had experienced the tragedy of nine one one, where I couldn't get home when he was ill, and. Um, I went through a period where I was trapped in a, in a business that uh, usurped a lot of my years, uh, more, more than 10 years, and it wasn't a business I felt that was compatible with me, and I became at times very angry and uh, um, perhaps even upset and bitter that I had to be caught. But in the end... Mm-hmm we have a result of the book because it was during that period of time that I wrote most of this book um, during a very stressful period of my life. So forgiving and letting go? Absolutely. I had to forgive that experience and move into something greater, which resulted in Portals in Time, the quest for an old age. And uh, it empowered me to get through that experience. So... Mm-hmm. forgiving and letting go is letting go of the weight that's been holding us back. And it will continue to hold us back. Um, 
I recited a poem to you, uh, and I think it's important to read it. It says, the way it was, the way it is, the way it wants to be, is the way you'll always see. The why it is, is the way you are. The why is neither near nor far. The why is moving round and round inside you, waiting to be found. And part of that why is because we won't forgive ourselves. Um, once we do, we release that energy, and we have so much more to give by letting go. John. And that's my definition. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, John. Because uh, I know by forgiving and letting go, you can consciously create a renewed life of harmony, joy, and peace, as John Teresi did, to write this powerful, powerful novel that I'm sure will enhance so many people's lives. So, John, thank you for opening your heart. And I, I loved each moment of this interview. I truly did. And listeners, if you really enjoyed this today, send me a text or email me or write me at info at transformationforsuccess.com. Let me know how you enjoyed this interview today with Mr. John Teresi. John, thank you so much for being on the show today. And well, thank you, listeners, Dr. Barber, for contributing all your time and talent in making this show possible. It's, it's an extraordinary effort that you're, you're doing, and I appreciate, you know, being having had a small part of it. Well, you have a big part in my heart, John, and I want to thank you so much. And I want to say hi to Verlaine, your partner, and who's helped you write this book, and who's made such a significant contribution to humanity as well. So thank you, and I'll see you guys next week with another interview with Mr. Cameron Brown, a classical pianist who shares his story with music. So until then, be blessed, be safe, and have a very, very great week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. Music.